0: And I think even the practice of medicine has forced me even more into, into, into um, acknowledging that because a patient or an individual comes before you, you know, with X, Y, or Z number of problems and, you know, maybe they're also a bad father or maybe they're also, you know, X, Y, or Z number of quote-unquote bad things. But in that moment with you and them, right, All you see is the person, and they are your ultimate priority at that time. And, you know, how how much more does (laughs) does God see us, you know, um, in in that way?
1: This is the HPIC Podcast, our discipleship weekly, where we talk with folks from HPIC and dig into the practical side of following Jesus in their lives. I am Ryan Cagno. This week I talked with Morris Taylor, a med student at Hershey, about what got him into that, how he... um, serves Jesus in that way, and what he learns about Jesus from the people he's serving. Uh, enjoy, subscribe, uh, we have new episodes weekly on Fridays. Morris Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, R.C. You are famous, you didn't know this, maybe you did know this, your picture is up on the wall at Messiah College, you're wearing a white like lab coat, ready to conquer the world. Yeah, an inspiration to incoming students. How does it make you feel? <laughs> uh, immortalized. Yeah,
0: I guess written in the annals of history. Oh man. Um, I I saw that picture at Messiah a couple of years ago when I was visiting. But I think it, it was first like in a ma- in a magazine mm. or something like that with a with a with an article um, that they had. Man, how'd you get in the magazine? Me about. I
1: could never get into the magazine. Um. I don't
0: know. You know, I think it was. I think it was around like the time of the pandemic. Yeah, and I had just started medical school, and um, I think there was a lot of like virtual communication and things like that. So I think that's when I got contacted about that. Um, and maybe it was in the context of like coming back to speak to students or something like that. We're um, like, this is the
1: guy that's going to fix COVID.
0: Oh <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> Yeah, no, we didn't. We, we didn't so we're get that far. Working yeah, hard just, right now.
0: Yeah, just kind of talking about you know my trajectory through Messiah and beyond.
1: Yeah, so you're at you're at, uh, currently in residency. Correct, that is the phase. You Correct. have graduated from medical school. You are Doctor Taylor. Yeah, something like that. You are a doctor in residence, mm-hmm. like uh, J.D. on Scrubs. That's where, that's... There you go, that is there you go. Turk and J.D., you there are... You go. At that level, less currently. drama.
0: But less drama in, in real life. But, but do you, you know. have
1: rounds? Do you walk around? I mean, do you have rounds? Exactly. Dr. Cox exactly. And you, like, uh, and you know, start the day with the rounds. Yeah. And we you... walk around like a little line of ducks going from know, room to room. I mean, it's so funny. Anytime <laughs> I've ever been at like Hershey Mad, just like waddling into the room, seven people standing uh, there. Just yeah, like, exactly. Hey, we know you're in a um, in a personal and family crisis right now. <laughs> that's such a good point
0: um, yeah great we would like to
1: learn from your tragedy for a moment to help in future tragedies
0: yeah that is something that i have a different perspective that i've come to gain is that a lot of times people in the hospital um for them this is like the worst day of their life Mm -hmm. and for us it's just another day in the office yeah and it can i don't know until that that wall is broken sometimes you can you can come off as cold you can um, you know, easily become jaded, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So that is that is a helpful reminder.
1: Yeah, I, in some maybe this can be encouraging to you. In some ways, it comforts me when I've been in the hospital and had one of those like this is the worst day ever type things. Is like it it's a comfort almost that for like the nurse or whoever it is or the doctor, mm. like they're just kind of like
0: right, right, right.
1: I can at least interpret that as like things are going to be fine. Confidence. They don't seem in, like in the, the, the world. Situ- yeah, like yeah. they're still going to go home and. Cook up some ramen in their life. <laughs> go on you know with their I mean? lives, yeah. Even if yeah. mine is, you know, it, you know, in a bad place right now. So that's there's your encouragement, you know. Yeah. Not that I think you should be like stone cold. Yeah, yeah. I can't no. wait to clock out in an hour and <laughs> go watch the Bachelorette or whatever. Is. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Oh, sorry, you're a bachelor person. That's my yeah. I yeah. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Um. So you did you want to do medicine when you got into medical school or into messiah i'm sorry
0: no i did not i so i went into messiah as a as an engineering student and i graduated as an engineering student um i kind of beat around about the bush a little bit um between like mechanical engineering biomedical engineering um at some point a combination of both and ultimately ended up graduating in biomedical engineering um and heading towards medical school but Somewhere along the way, I discovered that I was interested in clinical medicine and uh kind of decided to kind of put my efforts towards that. I was kind of too too deep in at that point to kind of back out of engineering um but I also did enjoy engineering, and I felt like it could uh somehow in some way intersect what I' do in the future. I still haven't figured quite figured that out um and it's still interested that I, an interest that I have. Uh, particularly thinking of like medical devices and cool things like that 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 maybe more naturally intersect with, with like medicine. Um, so gonna figure that out as time goes on. But um, yeah. I know I did not start out feeling like I wanted to be a doctor.
1: Being connected at Penn State could be interesting in that respect because I know they're you know that that's a place where they're doing studying sure, research yeah. and trying to yeah. things and like maybe yeah. there would be a place for that someday. You know, yeah.
0: While I was in college, I remember. Uh, an alumnus from Messiah who was working at Penn State in engineering stuff, many doing some kind of, you know, medical manufacturing and things like that. Um and he came back to talk and I th- to talk to us and I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, somewhere along the way, you know, my my focus shifted. But I've 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 always been someone who's like open to um kind of the change as it comes.
1: Yeah. That seems to be your vibe. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll create some cool medical technology someday. You'll create maybe the magic school bus that can swim into people's now that, bodies. No, that would be amazing. And, that would be amazing. Yeah. Just find yeah. the thing, find the cancer cells. Yeah. With Miss Frizzle and, and that little lizard and stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, you are pretty. Just like uh, go with the flow. This is a word to all the other med students out there. It's just <laughs> like they're probably like, ah, friggin' Morris. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was midway through undergrad and I was just kind of like, yeah, I guess I'll put my energies towards becoming a doctor now. Mm. No big deal. You seem to treat a lot of it that way, which I, I've always interpreted as just you are uh, like a genius and you can uh, get away with it. Yeah,
0: I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I, think that's it. Um, I think being adaptable is something that mm. I have been, I don't know, maybe maybe forced into and, and through you know throughout a lot of my life. Um, and so it's a, it's a, whether you want to call it a skill or, uh, uh, or virtue or a whatever, but it's something that I've grown in and I don't think maybe there's a, maybe there's a, a, an element of like, you know, having certain natural tendencies or personality types, you know, that, that lend themselves more to that. But I feel like, um, I've got a lot of practice at being adaptable, um whether it's through you know family situations as a child whether it's um through moving across the world whether it's you know
1: yeah, do you want to talk about any of that like i mean what do you mean i mean i know what you mean but for the sake of the listener like the moving across the world the different types of things yeah
0: um so i um i don't know where, where do i even start I mean, so I I moved, you know, from, I was born in Ghana, I I consider myself Ghana born and raised, uh, even though I spent a good chunk of my prepubescent years starting, you know, around that time here, Um, that was around the time that I moved here, Um, but, you know, even that, even that transition between worlds, cultures, uh, et cetera, was, was, you know, was something that, you know, was probably a lot for my, my kind of young self, but, um, forced me into learning to adapt and learning to um, take things as they come, um, and being willing to um, willing to change and um, you know grow through through the situations around me. Um, also, you know, my life's life life significantly changed when I was I want to say it was nine um, at the time that my my dad passed away, um, and for my small family, it was a like it was a big deal, and you know, a lot, a lot changed from, from our, you know, lifestyle to family dynamics to relationships, you know, all of that. And um, thankfully, you know, I've, I've, I've always had support, um, meaningful support around me to help me in, in coping with, with these changes. Um, but um, those are just a couple of examples of kind of larger things in my life that that kind of forced
1: forced me to be adaptable yeah and so you moved from ghana to buffalo when you yeah, were so now- like the
0: western new york area near buffalo okay yep. when you were how old i was oh man i was a little dweeb mm. um not like now not not like now, now i'm a big dweeb <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but it was like um so prior to actually prior to moving I had you know I'd been in the US multiple times prior to that um you know having um some of my my dad's side of the family was was here in the US with well, my mom's part of the side so like extended relatives I've been here so we'd been back and forth probably since the time that I was pff, um you know much younger you know probably like 6 or 7 I'd been I'd been in the US um than uh a couple of times for longer stretches than others, but um you know just kind of a lot of visits and staying for short periods of time while um you know different members of my family were doing different things um but more more um yeah, kind of made a more permanent move, probably like
1: fifteen years ago, something around there in your twenties. 20- Six Six now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or wait. Yeah. Maybe less than that. Less than 15. Yeah. 13. Something like that. And you were in the Western New York area and you've kind of gotten to the point now you have like this pretty big, like adoptive family, Mm -hmm. I guess would be the way of putting it. Yeah. People living all over the country. Yeah. Kind of like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And having, you know, people from different parts of the world, people from. different backgrounds different socioeconomic statuses um, do you want to explain and even my even i myself kind of kind of transitioning through all of that be, i feel like i i have been from different backgrounds yeah. i feel like i have been from different socioeconomic statuses and i have you know just given kind of the
1: trajectory of kind of my own life um, can you walk through you know the i, I want to say like the logistics of that so you move over here with some a bio-sibling? Your sister? Uh,
0: so eventually, okay. uh, my sister came, I think maybe the next year or a couple of years okay. or something along those lines. Um, my mom, at the, so my dad had passed away, you know, a few years prior. My mom um, would, you know, come visit, et cetera. We would also go back, um, you know, to Ghana, back and forth, you know, at least every year um, in the beginning. Um, so I get to see a lot of my extended relatives, et cetera, as well. Um, Eventually, my sister was, you know, also here. Um, she's now, now, um, now, now in Canada. Actually, funny enough, but um, yeah. And so we were all kind of just together, inter intermixed,
1: um, interspersed, uh, and kind of making life work. And you've got like a whole mess of like adoptive siblings now. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So like now, I feel like my family is like. Uh, kind of huge. Yeah. Um, so you got a little yeah. brother that records like SoundCloud raps and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, he's, got, he's a SoundCloud rapper. Should yeah. we put a, a, link in the, a link in the bio? <laughs> a link in the bio, something? exactly, exactly. So, and it's just, I don't know, I feel like my life has been enriched by being open
1: to those yeah. kinds of like changes, and uh, it kind of marks a lot of who you are and how you are, I think you know even when, like we talked the other day about like where are you going for like christmas or it's like i feel like any time it's like a holiday or you have time off you're like i don't know maybe virginia maybe canada <laughs> Maybe I'll go out west, maybe yeah. I'll go to yeah. Buffalo, you know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of yeah. just like how you live, you're kind of like with the flow, yeah. which apparently has been an asset in your career choice, too. But.
0: Yeah, sometimes I wish I was more of a planner, and sometimes other people around me wish I was, too.
1: <laughs> but, other uh, people. <laughs> but uh, He only showed up 10 minutes late for this spot. it's fine. <laughs> but we make it work. Right? On blast. We make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and then you surround yourself with people that are better planners than you. There you and go. Exactly. So we get a little get work a little balance. Yeah. I had a I have a friend who married someone who's kinda like, Yeah, I you know, you you do that so I don't have to. It's great. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I know you'll make the calendar, so I'll just keep sitting back and um Okay, so that served you well through medical school so far, just kind of being able to stay even keeled, take things as they come, mm-hmm. not stress out, have success in that way. Yeah. Because I've I've never met a medical student that that was not just, yeah, I have I haven't either. (laughs) No,
0: there's 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 a few of us, Um, but yeah, I think and I think um, it's probably probably good for good for patient care, probably good for the medical community. It's probably you know good to have people coming from all kinds of uh, uh, backgrounds and strong suits and different. Um, kind of ways of kind of seeing the world and navigating, navigating kind of life and work. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know that it's like a, it's necessarily an advantage over, you know, the contrary, but I think it's just maybe a difference
1: that works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I can say as someone who uh, grew up five minutes from here, well, seven minutes from here and Oof. now live five minutes from here. So okay, there I'm slowly go. working my way west. <laughs> um you know, in in one place and um my level of like natural adaptability or or learned adaptability is, mm-hmm. is probably not very, very high. I would be the typical like type A yeah. uh freaking out med student, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably.
0: We- and I think that also, I mean, that is also kind of rewarded in some ways in, in, like, medicine and medical training, you know, being on, you know, having your ducks in a row and being on top of things and being, you know, almost hypervigilant, you know. Um, but uh, I think different people find different ways to, to kind of have found different ways to to, to succeed in, in medicine. So. Yeah.
1: So for you, you said you've you developed an interest in clinical medicine. You've pursued this now. Um, maybe you don't have a great answer to this question today, but let's talk about it. Like for you, why, why did you pursue medicine, um, would be my first question. And then the Mm -hmm. next question would like, would be, how does that connect to your broader, uh, sense of calling or, um, what you want your life to be about, how you feel Mm -hmm. God leading you to, to kind of serve in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, I mean, like, I think kind of
0: – it was kind of similar reasons why I decided to pursue, you know, engineering a- initially um, and thinking of biomedical engineering and more specifically looking into, like, medical device design and making things more accessible for people and, you know, um, to, to, to kind of better their health. Um, and as I kind of got exposed to clinical medicine, I felt like um, – some of my some of my desire was um just sitting with people and um i think that that patient facing interactive element kind of a, started to appeal to me um in addition to kind of the broader kind of impact that you can have in a role as a medical provider where you know you're not just you know fixing a problem but you're advocating for a patient and you're educating them on X, Y or Z, um, and all those things kind of come together um, in clinical medicine um, in in a unique way I feel, and so that coupled with kind of my desire to just kind of be able to be with people you know in hard and sometimes not hard you know sometimes joyous times um, kind of drove me you know in that direction and it's, and, and I think that's an answer that's continuing to um, bear itself out. Um, I don't know that I necessarily would have articulated this answer at the beginning of medical school. Um, but I think that's where I, that's where I'm at. And at this, at this stage in my, in my journey, I'm excited about kind of what life would look like um, with, with this, this, this opportunity and the set um, to be able to um, be with patients and walk with them through hard and, complicated and happy times, um, on their, on their health, on their own health journeys.
1: No, that's an awesome answer. I somewhat analogously, um, went to seminary in 2014 and my thought when I went there was I'm going to get my master's degree and then I'm going to get my doctorate, you know, in old Testament or in the, at the time it was old Testament and then maybe Mm -hmm. theology. Um, and I made it like a semester, of living in the library and studying and doing all that. And I realized for myself, and this is, I don't want to draw an equivalence between that kind of study and like engineering or um, medicine. But um, I realized like I would be miserable if I just spent my time in the library or Mm -hmm. in the lab Mm -hmm. Um, as much as it was intellectually stimulating to, to read all this stuff, think through all this stuff, develop things. If I wasn't, you know, intimately connected day to day with like the people that my work was affecting, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't I would be where God had me to be. So I kind of like, for me then being a pastor, so I immediately just started getting involved in mm-hmm. church heavily and I still worked hard. But for me, it was like pastoring's like, if I couldn't study theology if it wasn't like applied exactly, theology.
0: Exactly. And I think that has, that's something that I've started to, has started to manifest in other parts of my life because I think I'm. In general, uh, more thinker e mm-hmm. person on the thinker-feeler scale, more like to you know be you know think through things, intel you know more have intellectual conversations and um, that type of thing. And now I'm kind of looking more for experience, and I think it's it's the same. I'm at that place as well. Even thinking about my own. You know, relationship to Scripture and my relationship with God. Thinking about how can I experience God more um, in a more tangible way instead of just, you know, the all of my, you know, coming up with all the right answers and having the right apologetics and having you know the right theology all laid out for myself, um, which was this, which was something that came up at some point in my my own kind of faith journey. Was trying to make sense of things, and now I'm like looking for that experience and i think you know seems like a little bit of a stretch but to draw that parallel back to like medicine um i feel like there was something about seeking to experience things with people um that felt different than you know designing things to
1: you know fix problems yeah i don't think that's a stretch at all um and there's people that are made to just design things and fix Absolutely, problems. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, and I love designing
0: things that, that would fix problems. And I want to fix problems. Um, but, you know, something about my personality and something about where I felt God was calling me to kind of um, led me in that direction.
1: Yeah. Are there ways that your faith or your sense of calling in Christ impacts how you go about that then, you know? So far in your forays in medicine, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I
0: th- I think seeing um, people obviously, I think as inherently inherently valuable outside of what they have done, who you know how who they are, where they're coming from, you know, I think it's like a kind of like an obvious uh, starting point, um, in in those interactions. Um, and I think even the practice of medicine has forced me even more into 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 um, acknowledging that because a patient or an individual comes before you, you know, with X, Y, or Z number of problems, and you know, maybe they're also a bad father, or maybe they're also, you know, X, Y, or Z number of quote unquote bad things, but. In that moment, with you and them, right, all you see is the person, and they are your ultimate priority at that time. And you know how how much more does <laughs> does God see us? You know, um, in in that way, um, when we come to Him with all of our complexities and all of our sin and all of our you know mistakes and history and all that stuff, all our baggage, but He you know, acknowledges us as, as his, as his priority, you know, in, in that, in in that, in that relationship, in that, in that interaction. And, um, and I think that's something that, you know, those, those eyes, those eyes that through which Jesus, I think, sees us are, are eyes that are growing on me as I deal with like patients and complicated situations and, um, you know, all that medicine holds.
1: Morris Taylor, that is what we in the business call a good word. (laughs) Um, Wow. So as a pastor, you know, it can be really easy and tempting to want to like serve and be with like the easy people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we as humans don't tend to naturally rush towards... Difficult people, or it can be easy to make judgments, yeah. even in, as a pastor. And this might, you know, yeah, same, af- same with me. Af- it might, this might affect the way that you, uh, people listening, would, would look at us. But like, you know, there, there's we're human, and there's this temptation of like to at some point wash your hands of people mm-hmm. or say like you need to like reap the consequences of your mistakes. Or I'm not touching this or that because you are X Y Z person and you've mm-hmm. done this in your life, and we know that. Um, but, man, when you are sitting in a, you know, in a hospital room with someone, literally none of that matters. Exactly. And as you said, they are your ultimate priority when you're with them. And there's right. no at, there's no point in your work with them where you're going to say, you're, you know, you're the worst father right. I've ever met. <laughs> you're the worst person. You've done X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. I am suspending care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're on your own. Yeah. You know, you, you, at no point are you saying that. Um, or should I say that? Right? sure.
0: Because if, I mean, sometimes, again, like you're saying, the temptation does exist. And sometimes I, you know, I'm looking through a patient's chart and I find, you know, all kinds of, quote, unquote, dirt on them almost, right? And sometimes that can influence the way that you proceed. Yeah. And I think part of our training and part of the goal is to be able to kind of separate those things.
1: Yeah. and And we're not talking necessarily about, like, ethics violations, but even just. No, no how often you stop in someone's room to, like, check on them or something. Exactly. You know what I mean? There exactly. might be, like, the really likable, easy patient yeah. that becomes very popular on the floor or whatever. Yeah. And those are always refreshing. You but know. <laughs> but are you checking in three three to one versus, you know, with that person versus the person that's, like, kind of um, repulses you in some mm-hmm. way, you know? Mm-hmm. So the lesson, and you talked in terms of developing, like, God's eyes to see this person and, and just kind of a, a heart for... um Yeah, uh, treating and loving them in the midst of their kind of sin or just the stuff that you find uh, distasteful. That's, man, that's a good word. Mm. That's a good word. Um, That's really good. And an obvious way where kind of your faith would impact what you're doing. It sounds like you've already done some thinking and making a connection between Jesus and how he... um, how he relates to us yeah. versus your patients. He, he is he 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 did he did deal with patients in his own
0: kind of way. Sure. Um, and I think there's no greater no greater model of that along with all, along with all things, right? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And you want to do or at least right now? Would your hope to be like family medicine? Correct. Yeah. So, so you're walking medicine. with people long term. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And that was part of the ways in which choosing this type of medicine uh, kind of made sense, you know, in light of where I felt God was calling me kind of with regard to, like, career and kind of life's mission, Um, being able to kind of be with people. And I think, you know, family medicine does offer, like, a unique uh, opportunity for that um, in that um, the relationships are more longitudinal and more 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 long-term and you're walking with people through it's, it's not just when they're, you know, on their deathbed. It's like when they're trying to prevent getting on their deathbed and it's when, you know, it's just the, the everyday things that come up, the everyday colds and, you know, the, you know, sudden, you know, sudden illnesses um, and the pregnancies and the X, Y, Z, you name it. And so that's part of the beauty of that. And, um, why this is, I don't know, why, why this is where I think God is leading me.
1: Yeah, I and mean, there's a real beauty in walking long-term through someone's life in that way, mm-hmm. and all those milestones and kind of like yeah. being with people as they age, yeah. as you age. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. Glad you're doing it. Yeah, and there's a lot
0: of it that's like, you know, Maybe more beautiful in theory than it is in practice, and a lot of it. I mean, there's a lot of challenges, you know, in the, once you get into the dirt, and I'm sure it's not all glamorous. And I've started to see, you know, parts of that, um, and even with kind of my own goals of trying to trying to see Je- see people through Jesus's eyes and um, treat people in those ways. Like it's not always it's not always the first thing that comes to me, um, and. Um, I'm also trying to bridge that knowing, doing gap while I'm also, while I'm, you know, moving towards these, these ways of experiencing God and uh, with other people. Um, and so it's not, you know, this is not to say that I'm, I'm all, I'm there yet or anything. Like I it's still, these are still things that I wrestle with kind of on the daily, on a daily basis. Um, and things that I'm trying to continue to grow and grow into, grow into that identity. Um, in that vision of, of what, what, what my life career,
1: et cetera, could be. Yeah, no, thanks for saying that. Cause I, I at least was assuming that you were already all the way there. Oh yeah. 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 So, then that would be, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I Obviously. I appreciate you clarifying. <laughs>
1: clarifying that. Yeah. Um, as a last word on this subject, um, you know, you've mentioned, you've put it in terms of you experience God in these, in these ways. Um, could you just put more flesh on that for me? Like what exactly that looks like when being mm-hmm. in the, how you're experiencing God in the hospital room, wherever it may be versus alone in, you know, alone in your room? Like, how is it different? What have you learned there?
0: Yeah, I think for me, when I think of experience, I think it engages the senses in a different way, it engages the, the whole person in a different way. Um you know, and I think a lot of people, much smarter than I, have written about um, theologically about kind of, you know, like ideas like experiencing a sunset versus describing a sunset, right? And that type that type of thing, um, or or learning about a sunset. And I think it's 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 a whole different ball game when you are when someone is telling you their story and you're sitting there with them, going through all the emotions of it with them, then. You know, reading about the story of a person in a book or something along those lines, um, and I think it pulls different. Um, it pulls something else out of you, something different out of you. Like while you might feel compassion or empathy, you know, in in hearing a story, um, I think when you are, yeah, uh, uh, kind of reliving it with someone, um, I think it it kind of pulls different thoughts, different emotions, different responses um, from you. And I think God uses, God uses those experiences and uses that, those, those feelings, um, oftentimes to teach me things and to show me more about who he is and more about his people. And, um, and so far that's been probably my favorite part of my job. Mm-hmm.
1: That's like, that's good, man. That's good. And there, there is something theologically that people put their finger on where like the idea that um, God is present in a unique way, especially with folks who are, like, suffering. Um, yeah. So I think God's present in a unique way in when we're together with other believers. Sure. I think God's also present in a unique way. Like, Jesus you d- identifies in a unique way with folks that are suffering, that are lost, that are in grief, Absolutely. you know, whatever it may be. So I think... It's not just that you're like with other people and different people and learning from them but also specifically people in those circumstances. Like Absolutely. Um, we can learn something about Jesus especially like the suffering mm. servant Jesus mm. through yeah. that. Yeah. Great. Good podcast, Morris. <laughs> Edifying. Well spoken. You got a great baritone for you got a voice for radio. Yeah, you got a face for radio you too. got a face for <laughs> yeah. You got a face for television, baby. All right. <laughs>